Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. What's going on, Jeremy? Oh, you know, just living the dream. Yeah, no, we uh, didn't get a show up last week because you had a power outage. Yeah, we had like 17 power outages last week. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Some man. of them were like instant on and off and some were a couple hours. Uh-huh. And we've had the exact same conditions this week, not one power outage. Oh, that's weird, eh? Or, yeah. Huh. Crazy. But get this, we had a longer, uh, one of those, the, the one that kept me from recording was longer than it should have been because there's a lot of, you know, highway maintenance in the summer, mm-hmm. but the local DOT folks wouldn't let the emergency electric responders through. <laughs> really? <laughs> One of those stupid white, white, you know, the yeah, lollipop people. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's... And it's not just your normal electric truck. It's the emergency responder people. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Hmm. How's uh, everything been going there? Just a bunch of yard work you're doing right now, keeping up with that grass. That's all we can do this yeah. time of year. Yeah, I know. How many times are you mowing again, like right now? Uh, at least twice a week. Wow, that's crazy. And man. it's not twice a week just to, you know, and a, you're skimming it. Oh, no, it's twice a week and <laughs> bogging down the mower, you know. Wow, that's crazy. And, yeah, I, and I've been trying to get my other lawnmower working, the other riding lawnmower, so I can use it for uh, overseeding, broadcast spreading, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked on it. I only had about an hour, but hmm. it'll crank. I have a crank no-start condition on my lawnmower. Oh, dear. But I I know exactly what the problem is. What's that? Ethanol. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got you to either get rid of it or if you're storing it or stabilize it, right? Well, it, it's got stabilized gas in it, hmm. uh, but to, from two years ago. So. Oh, yeah. So, um, and, uh, and a possible, uh, uh, catastrophic problem unrelated to the lawnmower. What's that? Cause I'm sitting there sitting on the lawnmower cause I haven't bypassed that stupid seat switch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, cause this one's a little bit more difficult and I can't figure out how to successfully bypass it. Uh, and I, to be honest, I haven't opened the manual either, but. Manual, manual. Yeah. I mean, just for the wiring diagram. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm just sitting there and I'm like looking down. I got like one, then five uh, termites crawling up my pant leg. I'm like. Ooh. Mother. Oh, dang nabbit. 
Where were they coming from? Like they in- just the lawnmower. I, I don't. <laughs> there's no wood on the lawnmower. I'm, like, I'm confused. That's that's funny, huh? And the lawnmower hasn't been outside the garage, like I said, in almost two years, wow. year and a half, two years, and so. And that's the only place I could see him. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And to see him out like that and not having had a swarm mm-hmm. uh, like we did in Maryland. Um, weird. Yeah. Normally when they're out like that, especially in the daytime, it's because they swarmed. Huh. I don't know if we but, even can have. I don't think we have termites here. I'm pretty sure they don't exist up this far north. I mean, I know what they are, obviously, and I've I've seen them like South America. They had seen they're in the walls of the shop and stuff. But I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody with termites around here. You know, when you said that ethanol, it kind of made me wonder. We have a little push mower, and uh, <clears throat> we have a septic mound. So basically, it's like a big, huge a long track. It's like 240, 230 foot long mound. Like yeah, a, like a Presby system. Yeah. And man, the grass on that grows like, like probably as good as yours. Literally, if we mowed twice a week, we, you know, we do once a week and it bogs it down pretty good. But the mower this year wouldn't start up. And it, I mean, it's just an El Cheapo. Like we bought pretty much the cheapest one. I've probably owned this little push lawnmower for like seven, eight years. Maybe more, but um, yeah. I wonder. I was thinking about that ethanol. Um, I was wondering two things. Like, first, how? What do you do? Just clean the carburetor, or is it? That's probably just take it apart, clean it all, and then if that was what's gumming everything up, you should be good, right? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the it didn't work with the uh, generator. Okay. Because it had a lot of plastic parts in it, yeah. so that was just screwed. Yeah. And I had to buy another one. But, and, be completely honest with you, uh, the OEM replacement carburetor assembly was $22. Oh, wow. And it, <laughs> on that on the generator, it takes about two hours to change. So I'm like, what's my time worth? Mm-hmm. You know, take it all, take two hours plus all the cleaning, and then it might not work or just buy a new one. Yeah. I, well, I went ahead and just, well, let me learn about this carburetor. So I did take it apart and clean it, but there was just plastic pieces in there mangled from the ethanol. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So <clears throat> with this being done, like, Right now, the boys use the weed whacker. We've got one of those big steel commercial weed whackers. Works like a champ, man. Um, but it's the it's not ideal because it, they get sprayed. <laughs> like they come off, their faces are green when they're done. Um, it's kind of nice because lawnmowers contain it somewhat. But I'm wondering. I'm gonna look into like. Uh, well, one thing I was thinking is you know the old fashioned reel mowers. They're making a comeback. But the one thing, like I've tested a few of them out in stores and they're heavy, right? And so if anybody doesn't know the real mower, that's the one with those spiralized blades and it's, it's non, there's no motor that drives it, just the weight of the, of the pushing it. And so because of the fact that those tires have to have friction with the ground in order to create the turning, 
they make those things very heavy. And I thought, man, pushing that up and down this mound would just be a brutal workout. And so I thought, well, that's not going to work. And then I was thinking about an electric, like a battery, a cordless electric lawnmower. And, uh, the only reason I got to think about that is because electric stuff has come so far lately. Like it's so crazy how good electric has come, you know, with cordless tools and, and this and that. And so, I don't know that it's something I'm going to look into because it's a, it's a basically a walk behind push more. The only place we use it is the mound. And my thoughts are that you might be able to get an electric mower that's lighter than a gasoline engine. Maybe. I don't know. You ever looked into any of those electric mowers? They have riding electric have. mowers here. Uh, yeah. And some of the good ones, here's the problem. The lawnmower is lighter than a gas mower, obviously. But the lithium ion battery is big enough to run it. Yeah. You put those on it. You got a gas powered lawnmower. Wait. Yeah. 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 So it's a zero sum gain and the expense of some of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Lawnmowers, you know, whatever it is, but then $500 batteries. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's true. And, and then the electric riding lawnmowers they have now, there's one that's, uh, uh, it'll mow for a full tilt for about an hour. Mm-hmm. But the batteries on that, I know, are like four ninety nine and change, so five hundred dollars. And I'm like, so I would need at least five batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the part of me I don't listen to ever taps me on the shoulder and says, "But you have a twelve thousand dollar zero turn." Shut up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what, I they, I wonder if I should look into, well, no, that's kind of pain. You know, the when you talk about the weight, those corded electric mowers, those are light. I know I like, you know, I, I mowed, I forget where I was mowing. I was doing a cleanup for somebody, it was an old folks home or something like that. And all they had was, an, was a corded electric mower and that thing was a featherweight, man. But the cord is just, <laughs> give this to my teenage sons. Okay, guys, watch, make sure you watch out for the cord. <laughs> can see it ending poorly. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those in England with it just hovered. Oh, okay. I mean, it must have been <clears throat> spinning at 100,000 RPM. Wow. I mean, because you just turn it on. Yeah. And then, you know, you just move it back and forth. It's like using a buffer. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, but your, your yard's also the size of a postage stamp. So Yeah, it's true, hey? That's true. Mm. Yeah, I know. We, uh, I think we might have another drought this year. Like they're talking about every every time you look at the forecast, it's like, oh, we got a good couple days of rain next week. And then you look at it the next week, it's no, it's actually next week. It's actually next week. It's like, oh man, our grass, like the most of our grass, we mow once a week. And that's mostly just because like the dandelions are popping up and getting bigger than the grass. So it's like, got to get them down. But it's dry here, man. It's dry. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, no, things have been going, you know, because we mentioned this, this podcast, we might be moving, right? We talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So just update. It may not happen. Like it, we can get into all the detail schmetails, but, um, yeah, 
long story. Basically, it has to do with this legislation the province brought in that you have to have a home warranty in place. There's seven companies that will provide it. The first three I talked to won't give it to you if you already lived in the home. And the other ones never got back to me or this last one that I talked to said, oh, if you build if you, up to three years and we've been in here for four and a half and Oh man, I've had lawyers looking into it, even talk to the province, like the people, the, one of the ladies that was involved with writing the legislation. She's like, oh yeah, man, we've got so many problems. We really need to work on this. And then she's like, would you be willing to sit down and have a couple of phone interviews with us so we can find out like how we can make this better? And I'm like, <laughs> in a way I'm kind of like, Hey, cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, this isn't my job. Like your job is to come up with good legislation, not mine. So you want to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll talk. I mean, you should do it. And just one of the conditions going in, it has to be a two way. You're just not interviewing me. Yeah. Yeah. I get to ask a couple questions of you dumbasses. Yeah. Speaking of dumbasses, what I didn't know, Justin Trudeau was in Siksika. Siksika is an Indian reservation. And it starts like the very edge of the reservation is, I want to say, Two miles, three miles from my house. Yesterday. He was there yesterday. And I didn't know. Nobody knew. He was halfway back to Ottawa before they let him know. Guess what he did there to this, this, uh, Skaska, Siksika nation. Did you buy some mushrooms? No, no, <laughs> no. He gave them $1.3 billion. And why? So they could vote for him? No, they they don't vote. I mean, I'm just kidding. Like, you know what? There was a treaty that was passed, and I think it was in like 1922. And he felt that it wasn't very fair. And so he gave the Siksika Nation $1.3 billion, billion dollars, because he felt it wasn't fair before. Oh, wow. Anyways, we, we don't need to get into politics. I just, the whole world's, <laughs> the whole world's done, man. And then did you see Trudy, uh, he, he banned the sale of handguns in Canada? Yeah. Good for him. Cool, man. I'll obey the law once you start to obey the law, you little dip. <laughs> you know? Ay, ay, ay. But you know what the real frustration in my life is right now? This may be something people identify with. Printers and ink cartridges, do you find them frustrating? I had to leave um, inkjet printers a couple years ago. Even lasers, you got to buy the, the drum cartridge for them every now and then. But you're right, inkjet. So, no, I, I, you know, because I, I would, I, I used to print a lot and that, then I didn't, depending on if I worked from home, you know, all this yeah. other stuff. And then, you know, you go a year or six months without printing something and then brand new ink cartridges are dried up. Yeah. Ugh. So then I got a laser. Yeah. And And they're definitely better. And, and I learned something about laser. Um, what you get really matters. Mm -hmm. That is one of those things where, um, you don't always get what you pay for. Yeah. You do your due diligence because there's a world of difference between the big commercial ones or the small commercial ones with monthly maintenance contracts Mm -hmm. 
and a homeowner one. Yeah. Because I got a nice <clears throat> brother, and it sucked. Hmm. And then I, now I have a Canon. While it's good, uh, I didn't know at the time when I bought it, but I do know now. Um, Canon's the John Deere of printers. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently, uh. you better not get anything aftermarket because um, it knows. <laughs> huh. And it won't work. Yeah. Or it might. It might print every other word and then tell you, we did that because you don't have a Canon printer hmm. uh, cartridge. What? Yeah. And I'm not lying about that. Really? Um, it, it it would get first for about a year. It just gave me a warning. Hmm. And then it said, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not kidding. So now it prints every other word as a middle finger to Todd. Cause really? I won't spend $300 on a Canon, uh, black laser print huh. cartridge. Yeah. And I did some bunch of reading on it and, oh yeah, they have these things programmed to do all kinds of weird stuff. Hmm. That's crazy. Um, so and we I had to go Canon at the time because it's air print. Yeah, capable. Yeah. yeah, they pretty much all are now. <clears throat> well, we have like a laser printer for all the kids' school stuff, but then like one of the things that Steph sells on her Etsy is candles, and she'll do custom like they're in a little tin, and then she prints like a custom label, and so we got a we end up I don't know what it is Canon maybe beautiful prints on those like Avery labels. So it looks like a really good quality sticker and you know, not joking. Like it looks phenomenal. It looks like photo quality. And so it's great. We love it. You know, her products are fantastic. Our customers love it. Um, but when you, you know, you buy the printer, you get the little, it's like a sample cartridge. So it's like, you know, enough to do a little bit and then you have to go anyway. So you go in there, <clears throat> you finally find a place that sells this pack and then like, like looking at the manual, it says order this pack of things. So I rode on my motorbike last night because Steph's got to get these candles out. She poured them yesterday. They're going down to California. They got to be there by the ninth. And so I whip in yesterday afternoon, like four o'clock on my motorbike, pick up these things, come back, put them in. Oh, they don't tell you in the manual, but then the little thing pops up and says, you actually need to, there's two different blacks. There's a photo black and a standard black, and you have to have both of them. And of course, like the staples that we went to doesn't sell that one. So we got to try to find one. And, you know, Steph went to five places in Strathmore and none of them sold this particular. And that's the, the frustrating thing. Like inkjet printers print well, but I wish that they would have, instead of just like keep throwing the customer into the ditch as they're driving down the highway, say, listen, we're going to standardize and we're going to have four different cartridge systems, right? Like. You look at the numbers, you go to like those, those camera stores, like the tech stores that have a lot of tech, they'll have walls and walls of printer cartridges. That is the part that drives me insane. I'm like, what is so hard about this? Okay. You've got one, two, three, four, five. Every printer has to use either one of these model of cartridges. Like it's like every year they have a new printer and a new card. Oh, you got to get the 093S. Oh no, that's a 107P. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Seriously, how hard is this? I feel that that's one industry, the consumer printer industry, where they have just not cared at all about the end user and they just 
Oh, it's it's a point where you basically in like three years your printer is obsolete because nobody will carry those cartridges anymore. It's so dumb. That's that's my frustration today. Cause that's uh, I gotta wait till Staples open. I gotta be there at nine this morning so I can grab these things, get back, get these things done, so we can take them back into the city and ship them again. It's like ay ay ay. It's ridiculous. But I'm getting some good miles on my motorbike. It's been good riding weather. Cool. Yep. Speaking of motorbikes uh, and dirt bikes and dirt bike trails, I am so sorry to hear. How's your son doing? Oh, he's good. He's fine. He's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, no. I, so they, I yeah. run over. Well, yeah. Down. My youngest got run over by my second son. And it was a 450 dirt bike. It's a KTM 450 that ran him over. So it wasn't a small little bike, but it's funny because he's got um, abrasions on his arm that are the blocks of the tires. So he's actually got tire prints and they're going to bruise. You know when you get just a bare smear and it almost just starts to roll the skin away, but it doesn't? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got those entire entire treads on his arm. I'm like, that's so cool, man. He was, uh, they were riding together and I think it was my oldest son's fault because he was behind him coming up to pass him and my, my youngest was going to turn and he started yelling, faster, faster. And so I don't know, I didn't see it. I wasn't even home. <clears throat> I was on my motorbike coming back from the city, but apparently, I don't know. I don't know if he hit him and then he fell off or if he just fell off and then got ran over, <laughs> but yeah, he got ran over. He was totally fine. Because uh, my oldest was out there like putting gas in his bike when I got in. And he goes, yeah, Foster got ran over by Isaiah. I'm like, what? Is he okay? He's like, oh, yeah, he's fine. I'm like, every time we go out, like a lot of times we won't, uh, like they'll be like, hey, can I ride my dirt bike? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, do I have time right now to go to the emergency room? And if I'm like in the middle of something like tiling, you know, and Steph's gone, I'm like, no, I'm not going to drop what I'm doing right now if you crash and get hurt. And so that's how we always, or they'll be like, Steph and I will both be gone. We'll rent to town. Like, can we ride dirt bikes? I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you got to wait till we're ready to take you. Same thing with Isaiah. Or my youngest is like, can I carve? And I'm like, uh, I wonder, nope. I wonder how Dr. Spock covered that in his child rearing book. What is um, that? Judging kids activities by your willingness to go to the emergency. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And what oh, I'm no, doing I'm at not the time. Busting on you at all. I think that's awesome that you have the forethought to do it. Yeah. Well, Foster, he loves carving. He loves his knife. He's got a little Mora companion. And I sharpen it for him all the time. And can I carve? And I'm like, uh, nope, I'm just grouting the tiles right now. And when I don't want to stop this until I'm finished. And if you cut your finger off, I'd I'd be frustrated and I don't want to go to the hospital. So just wait. Wait till I'm done and I wouldn't mind driving you, you know. <laughs> and then he'll carve. And uh, he'll go out there, can I carve? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Just be very careful. And then one time I said, don't cut yourself. <laughs> and so I came up for the bathroom and Steph was home. It was, it was a Saturday. And uh, he walks past me and he's kind of like holding his hand to the side so I couldn't see it. And he had a look of trying not to cry, trying to be brave in his eyes. And he just walked past me and I said, Foster, how bad is it? He goes, what? I said, you're cut. He goes, it's pretty bad. <laughs> And I said, why didn't you tell me? He says, well, you told me not to cut myself. I said, 
I said, try not to cut yourself. If you cut yourself, that's fine. I mean, that's part of learning how to use knives. You're going to cut yourself, but just be careful. And anyways, he really shanked his thumb. And I said, well, w- wait a minute. I said, you cut your thumb the way that it was cut. I said, what were you carving? And he showed me this little thing, I don't know, the size of a walnut. And I'm like, Foster, that's too small for you to be carving on. I said, you're not good enough to carve on something like that yet. I said, you can carve spears. Like you put a point on a stick and that's what you're good at carving. And he goes, okay. I said, let me put a bandaid on it. <laughs> he had like just a mitt full of, of paper towel and he's going to hope it would stop bleeding. Probably should have had stitches on that one, but I know how to doctor things up without stitches. But yeah, he's like, can I carve right now? I'm like, no, I'm busy and I don't want to take you to the hospital. So you can't do that. <laughs> as soon as mom's home, sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Some people won't even let their kids play with knives. <laughs> we were camping with friends once and my boys had knives. One of the mums brought both of their knives to me. He's like, your son's had these. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, oh, well, they can't have those. I'm like, yeah, they can. No, not around my son. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just tell him to put them in the pocket. I don't even want them to have them in their pockets. And I said, well, I'm sorry. Like, my kids are going to have a knife in their pockets. That's just how it is. They won't take it out. No, that's too dangerous. I said, well, I guess your kids shouldn't play with my kids then. I'm sorry, ladies. You're kind of psychopath. Yeah. Has he cut people before? I mean, what's your problem with knives? Yeah. Yeah. I also figured out how we could stop <clears throat> the real problem. You know, down the states, man, the, those shootings, right? Instead of taking out the shooter, they should just shoot the gun. Because it's the gun that's doing these things, right? Am I am I understanding Apparently. this right? Yeah. No. And even if, you know, that way we don't have to kill an innocent life, right? The the shooter doesn't have to be shot. If you just shoot the gun out of his hand and when it's on the ground, just shoot the gun to smithereens because it is guns that cause problems. It's not the people. Like we don't need to worry about a people problem. No, nobody ever talk about that. The guns are evil in and of themselves. Oh, oh, (laughs) and that's why Justin Trudeau banned hand, well, the sale of handguns in Canada. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Special world, isn't it, Todd? At the same time <clears throat> as that very tragic Texas school shooting, mm-hmm. 19 children were murdered. Mm-hmm. There were 70 kids being trafficked that were lucky enough, lucky enough to have been found before they got, you know, offshore. Mm. 70. They had to have been missing from somewhere. Yeah. And almost in every case, almost every case, the overwhelming majority, um, you're a kid, you're stolen, you go over there, they do horrible things to you, torture and murder you. Yeah. You know, kind of in that order. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I was speaking with someone briefly about this. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather have been a kid in that school quick and, you know, quick and to the point death, not a couple of years of, you know, child rape and murder. Yeah. Uh, or torture. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm just, I don't know. I yeah. look at things differently than some people. No, I know. We There are too many, Kids going missing and people just don't care. Yeah. 
there's a kid I was just reading last night. Uh, he's, and I will spoil the story by saying he's back with the same parents. Um, <clears throat> he went missing. He was never reported missing. By the way, he went missing at the age of seven, I think. Um, <clears throat> they found him when he was 14 till half his life. Yeah. He was in a really horrible situation. Um, he was in a, we just leave it a bad situation. Anyway, they found him. Oh, Hey, we rescued this kid. You know, he's never, ever going to be the, whoever he was born to be, mm-hmm. he's always going to be messed up now. Mm-hmm. And they put him right oh, <clears throat> right back with the parents that never, ever reported him missing. Wow. Okay. He was in school somewhere, and the school didn't say, hey, why didn't this kid come to class in the last seven years? <laughs> yeah. um, why didn't the grandparents... Uh, oh, by the way, he has siblings. Why didn't they say? No wow. one said a thing. The uh, investigators, um, one of the guys quit oh, wow. over alcoholism during this investigation because he can't fathom how not one blankety blank in this entire story reported this kid missing. Huh. They can't find any proof or Somebody that remembers doing something. Wow. Did you know he was gone? Well, yeah, but. That's crazy, hey? I'm sorry. Um, had I been that cop and a parent said, well, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. My gun just went off at that point. <laughs> Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> I think I should send it back. It's defective. <laughs> it scares me too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't going to kill him. The gun just leapt into my hand. Exactly. On my cord. Exactly. You know, like it does these mass shooters. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. But <clears throat> I think maybe more tragic were those. Individuals, I'm trying really hard not to call them what I want to call them. <laughs> uh, those individuals that had guns and badges outside that school that just did nothing. Yeah, that's what I don't like. I even I uh, I got to be honest. I really haven't even probably read a single article on the thing. You just hear the snippet, and then my wife will tell me what she saw. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to delve into it, <clears throat> and I can't do a deep dive into it because I'll, I'll have a heart attack and die. I'll, I'll stroke out. With anger. <laughs> but, yeah. um, one of the news news ish people that I kind of trust to give you a summary. That's as accurate as it can be, mm-hmm. you know, the, and they explained it and, And I kind of watched the whole uh, a retelling of it without the volume on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting colored by their commentary. I'm just watching the news 
footage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a live feed, replay, so I can make up my own mind. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at reading lips. And, yeah. And now the, the chief of police refuses to cooperate with the federal investigation. Really? Yeah. Wow. After he initially said, made a comment that, yeah, we screwed the pooch on this one. Really? Or words to that effect. Yeah. And now he refuses to um, cooperate. Hmm. <clears throat> they know they messed up. Yeah. Oh. Everybody knows that the border patrol agent that finally went in knows they messed up. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sorry. Whether or not, and it goes jurisdiction to jurisdiction. I get it. Whatever the, however the law is written for that particular police force, some have a quote unquote statutory duty to protect, mm-hmm. to step in front of that bullet. And a lot don't, most do not. Yeah. You're all parents. Yeah. Or had parents. And you're just sitting in front of, no, go in there. Now, I can understand if you don't want to rush into a prison where a prisoner got a hold of a gun and he's killing other prisoners. Yeah. I might understand your trepidation at that point. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Run in there. That's true. And they should have. Um, and I'm by no means the most bravest soul in the world, but I'd have went in without even thinking. Hmm. I've been in a similar circumstance, not a school, and not in this country. And before I knew it, I was, you know, in the middle of stuff. I'm like, how did I get in here? Hmm. Oh yeah, I ran in there. Yeah, yeah. Huh. My, uh, I don't know. My morality <laughs> carried me in here. Hmm. So, and if for no other reason, you know, well, never mind. Yeah. You don't have to be brave. These, you know, heroes aren't brave. They just act in the moment where others fail to. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I hear you, Todd. I hear you. And I, I've tried to, you know, in the day or two after we had to, a hospital, quote unquote, mass shooting. You know, three or four are bad. I don't think that's mass. But mm-hmm. I don't think it. I don't even think it. Um, meets the FBI definition. But anyway, um, I don't care. I, they're evil and they should be put down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know. And you know what, Canada. You know, it's true. We don't. Well, People think we don't have guns and compare the states, absolutely not. But, you know, we have mass, our mass shootings, air quotes, they're not shootings. They're people that rent pickup trucks and drive them through crowds. So you're going to ban pickup trucks? Like, the problem is the the people and the thing. Here's one thing. This is highly controversial and I've met few people that agree with me on this. And obviously, I'm not a psychologist, which might make me more qualified. Um, I truly do believe that the the entertainment that we focus on has something to do with some of these deranged people. Not all of them, but you look at these uh, video games. They're so realistic. They're so violent. They celebrate killing people. 
They celebrate walking in, shooting up bars, and they're addictive, and and that's a fact. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We as a society encourage this, right? Hey, play these video games. Do this. So many people are gamers now. Like, come on, gamer equals loser in my mind. But even movies, right? We watch blood and gore. We want to see all this violence and crime. You know what it says in the Bible, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is honest, whatever is clean, think on these things. Because what you think about is what you do. And when you say that to people, they think you're insane. They're like, has nothing to do with video games. I'm like, yeah, it does. And I don't don't care what anybody says. I I truly believe 100% fact of the matter is that this culture loves violence on screens and we eat it up and then we're not ready to handle it in real life. It's like, ah, when it happens in real life, it's so hard to take. But it's like, you literally watched this last night in the TV show and you were really interested in it and your popcorn tasted delicious. And now it happens in real life and you're like, ah, what's the difference? You're obsessing over it and you think that just because it's, it's not real, it doesn't affect you. Maybe not everybody. Maybe there's some people that are deeply affected by what they see and it influences the way they act. And that 100%, if if we didn't live in a culture that celebrated violence, we wouldn't have near as much violence. I don't care what anybody says. But we celebrate violence, and then we just want to take everybody's guns away when violence actually happens. And we're actually confronted with, oh, wow, the school that my kid goes to got shot up. I'm going to put down my Halo or Call of Duty where I just killed 17 guys and go make sure my daughter's okay. Way to go, Dad. Be a gamer. Loser. What do you think about that? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Uh, I don't know. Not many people do. The, I- the analytical part of me says this. There's, you know, a little over 300 million Americans, you know, you figure, say there's 20 million gamers, there's three instances of gamers, people who gamed committing murder. Statistically irrelevant. Yeah. I'm just, you know, now as a culture, I think not just, not necessarily does it affect or cause more mass murders or more murders. It is, um, erode, it has helped erode our morality. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's um, more like it. Maybe that's the causation. I think, uh, this, um, uh, woke movement is eroding our morality because of the things behind it. Yeah, the lack of personal responsibility. It's not your fault. In fact, Kool-Aid has killed more people in mass killings than any other weapon ever (laughs) combined. Nine over 900, I think it was 909, were killed in Jonestown. Wow, yeah. They call it mass suicide. No, it wasn't. It was mass murder. Yeah, it's true. You had people that were brainwashed by a bad guy and guys, by the way, um, holding machine guns and other things on them, commit suicide or mm-hmm. I'll kill you. Now, that's <laughs> not suicide. Exactly. Anyway, 
Yeah. You know, so there, I think there's a whole lot of ingredients in this. You're um, right. Yeah. Anti-morality soup uh, that people are wallowing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm not the morality police, so to speak, because as I try, keep trying to foot stomp, I'm not here to judge you. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think there's a prohibition to that. Um, it's, you know, don't affect me. I'm not going to affect you. I'm going to tell you, this is what I think. I think you should get some Jesus in your life. If you don't, well, you know, there's consequences, severe mm-hmm. consequences, but don't be affecting me and mine. Yeah. And then that's between you and God. You'll, you know, <clears throat> And hey, in the off chance you're right and I'm wrong, hey, no harm, no foul. Yeah. But I think I'm right and you're going to burn in hell. Oh, and then people now saying, there's no hell. Yeah. They've been saying that forever. You go to church and you say you're a Christian and you're, oh, you're a preacher and you're saying there's hell's not real. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know that. The blanket. So we're becoming members of our church <clears throat> in the process, and you have to go through phone interviews and stuff like that. And they ask you, you know, what do you like about the church? What don't you like about this particular church? And I told them, I said, the church we go to is Center Street Church, and I think it's the biggest church in Canada. But it is so grounded in the Bible and in biblical truth. And a lot of churches now, they get, eh, you know what, let's... They want to <clears throat> flavor the message so it's not uh, so it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. You know, they they don't want to just say it like it is. Like there's right and wrong, and that's that's all there's to it. And I understand there's nuance, right? We are very complex creatures. Uh, human beings are incredible of so many different things. So there's so many nuances, and you get into. Even within a church, you know, you'll have different things. Well, I think this is about this and this is about this. And there are issues that are not huge issues. But there are some that are like, yes, the homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin. Okay. Premarital sex is a sin. That's a big issue. That That's a black and white. And, and so many churches, I would say like the modern Christian church has diluted itself, its message, so that it's more flavorful to more people and... They become irrelevant. It's just like the Woka Cola. They eat themselves because it's it cannot work. You know, there is right and there is wrong. It's like, well, let's just bend the rules a little here so we can and I don't know. I find I, I truly do believe that modern Christians are their own demise. Yes. And it's too and, it's too bad. And there are <clears throat> I was talking with someone not on this issue, but it came up and they said something actually made me stop and think. Um, and they're right. I've just always had it another way in my mind from the Bible and from church. You know, there are, like you said, there are black and whites in the Bible. It says it's wrong. You know, thou shalt not kill. Yep. Well, there you go. Well, you know, what if somebody's attacking my family? You know, don't I have the right? 
Well, there there are instances if if somebody's attacking you in the night, you're allowed to kill them. If someone's attacking you in the day, you're not. And I mean, those are Old Testament laws and this and that. But you look at so many Christians who are pro-abortion, and in my mind, abortion is murder. And if you say that you believe the Ten Commandments, oh, absolutely. That's, that's you know the very basic tenets of Christianity, and not even Christianity of the Hebrew law, you know. Um, and thou shalt not murder. Okay. Well, is, is killing a fetus inside of a womb okay? Yeah. It's mother's right to choose. And I'm like, no, that's kind of like murder. And then I've had this debate with uh, like Christian youth pastors. I said, yeah, but what about the case of uh, rape? And I said, here's the thing. Man's sin is felt not just by the one doing the sin. It's felt and suffered for by other people. Your sin affects other people, not just you. And that is a consequence of sin. And is it right? Absolutely not. It's not right. But is it murder? Yes. To take that life away, even in that situation, is murder. Because the breath of God is in that. That is from the time of conception, that is a human being. Full stop. And I don't care anybody says I will never back down from that stance but you know yeah, I don't blame you you get these little and it's just I don't know I have uh, for a long time in my younger days I'm like well rape is a uh, I'm sorry abortion is wrong except for those three exceptions most people talk about mm-hmm. rape incest mother's life is in danger <clears throat> which would then kill the fetus anyway um and but the older I get, and then I reread the Bible and then reread it. I'm like, no, I have to, you know, th- th- there's part of me, because I've said it so many times in my life, to still think, oh, you know, one or two of those might have a some merit. Well, and I, I struggle but I'm gonna with that vote too. against them, you know. Like at the, I'll in tell you this, mind. yeah, the, uh, you know, like with the mother having the debate with myself, you yeah, know? and then I'm now saying, you know, my if somebody says, "Oh, what's your take on abortion?" It's wrong. Yeah, it's a and, sin. and so the thing is too, like with the mother's life in danger, that's one I still I I can't say. I mean, you, when you say it like that, okay. It's kind of like saying, listen, I've got, uh, I don't know, what's gangrene? Some infection in my foot. And if I don't cut my foot off, my entire body will die. Like, that is such a tough one to wrestle with. So, like, okay, if literally there are cases, there are times when it's like, we have to get this baby out of this mother or she will die. And maybe the baby will die. But if the mother dies, the baby will die too. And so that, do I have an answer on that one? No, man, that one's a head scratcher. And as a person who just likes to be principles, principle, 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 like, oh, man, this principle doesn't give me peace in saying definitively, boom, you know what I mean? But then again, that's where we're also nuanced, and I don't know. Yeah, well, and I think this is going to be counterintuitive to some people, but I think the re- the fact that there are questions <clears throat> that are so almost impossible to answer like this, like that very question right there, mm-hmm. where the, you know, oh man, do we abort the baby? 
that's killing the mom that would then kill the baby. Yeah, uh, I don't know because they're unanswerable questions like that. I think it kind of proves the whole um, God issue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just do. And maybe it's just a nature question. Oh, wouldn't your instincts know? Yeah. You know, if it's not a nature question, then it's God. Yeah. You know, uh, for spiritual. So I'm, I'm kind of happy in a way there's issues like that. And maybe those issues are there so that we can look to God for his guidance. Exactly. Because if you seek him out, he will show you what to do. Yeah. And man, yeah, there's no, like, you know, this whole process of us, whether we should move or not, I have no bad outcome, which is the right one. I've just been praying because I can't make good decisions on my own. I'm not smart enough to know this is where I should be for the rest of my life. This is should where I should be for the rest of my life. I don't know. And, you know, for a long time, it was, it was phenomenal when things started out and we got more money than we listed for and this and that. And I was like, Wow looks like we're supposed to be moving. And then at the end, all of a sudden, everything goes, poof, 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 everything gets shot. I'm like, what? And we took some extremes, like, like trying to explain to my realtor. She's like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I said, I feel like I'm pushing on a brick wall as hard as I can. And I can push as hard as I can, and I will never move that building. And then we even brought in a bulldozer, right? Like the big thing about this was like, they said, well, we want to make sure you can fulfill the warranty. And they wanted 7,000 of mine. I said, I'll do 20,000, right? To me, that's like pushing on the wall with a bulldozer. It's getting some bigger equipment, more than you want. Uh, I don't know. And all the nuances. Even my dad was so frustrated. He said, listen, I will post a $100,000 bond for the, the duration. So now we, we've got $100,000 of security when all they told us they initially required was seven. That's coming in with some big equipment trying to push down that building. And if it doesn't budge, maybe that building's not supposed to move. And so that's how I explained it to her. I said, I what if I went and asked, can I move into the Buckingham Palace? No. I'm going to ask another. Because these people that are buying, they wanted another two weeks extension. And they were going on like three, four weeks extension. I said, no, we're not giving them extensions anymore. We have to accept. So you can do CPR on a cadaver for 40 years. There's going to be a point where you have to just say, no, it's not coming back. <laughs> like... I said, we're at that point with this. If we were meant to move, it would happen. And that, I think that's the same thing too, like with these big decisions and, and we have to be respectful and mindful because, you know, you go into churches and there's real tough decisions like that one with the mother and, and the abortion and man, there's going to be some people that feel nope and some people feel other words and it's like, man. Uh, and, and even if you were actually it's the one thing too, just to think about a situation. It's another thing to be in it, you know, but yeah, it's crazy. It is I, nice being, it is maybe, nice knowing God. Maybe all of this was put in, put in your path, um, to give you an opportunity to be able to sit down with some Canadian lawmakers and make some real changes try to open their eyes that what they're doing is harming the very people they're trying to help. I would have to have faith in the system to be able to waste my time. Like I have zero, I will not give the, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It's I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I'm not interested in, in doing it's that. It's just an opportunity, that's all. I know. I look as an opportunity, I'm like, okay, I can spend my time doing that, or I could hang out with my family. What's more important for me? I'll hang out with my family. I'm not going to, uh, yeah, no. Anyways, I should get cruising because I got to... I gotta be at Staples when they open up at nine o'clock, so I can pick up my ink cartridges. Ay ay ay, ding ding donkulous. What you got planned for the weekend? Anything exciting? Real quick. Yeah, we're going to North Carolina. Oh See yeah, some family. Oh cool, right on. How far is that? Uh, somewhere between seven and nine hour drive. Oh, okay, what part of North Carolina? Uh, it, um. Fayetteville. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I love North Carolina. I used to. Yeah. And now it's a bed of corruption and liberalism. Yeah, yeah. And corrupt liberalism. Mm-hmm. I just oh, like, my God. We got to talk next week about my local government's corruption. Holy cow. Okay, let's do it. We'll do it next week. All right. Right on. Well, thanks, Todd. I'm glad we could get a podcast out this week. Sorry. Oh, I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. I wish we could go a little bit longer. But... Power. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, you and I both got to get cruising. So we'll yeah. thank our thanks to the audience for listening. Hopefully we, we've offended you. It's so fun having a podcast that no one listens to. And Bob, I know you're raising your hand back there saying we didn't offend you. You're next week. That's right. That's right. Send us a picture of what you look like. We'll just make fun of you then. <laughs> if it's not based on what you think or believe, we'll take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> right on. All right. We'll catch y'all next week. You got to say bye-bye, Todd. Oh, bye-bye, Todd. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs>